Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning, and welcome to our 930 Sunday School class. It's such a joy, as always, to get to be with you. You're so special, and you just encourage me to seek the Word of the Lord and seek the Lord. We are in Revelation 17. Today is, of course, December the 14th, 2014, and we're getting ready to celebrate Christmas and the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ and our great salvation provided for us by Jesus on the cross. But today we are beginning a brand new chapter here in the book of Revelation, and that is Revelation chapter 17. It is a pretty amazing chapter. Uh, it's got a lot of detail. We'll probably get through about half of uh, the book today, and uh, then we'll finish that uh, second part of that chapter uh, next Sunday. But anyway, we're in Revelation 17. It's going to talk about religious Babylon uh, and uh, we're going to talk about the woman on the beast. Uh, there's some important information that I need to share with you here. So let's let's begin. Uh, let's begin with with verse one. And there came one of the seven angels which had the seven vials and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, and I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. Uh, we're going to talk about Babylon here a little bit. Now, of course, in Revelation 16, Revelation 14 uh, has already declared uh, Babylon's fall, but here in Revelation 17 and 18, we're going to get a little bit more details about how how that will happen, when and, and where. So it's pretty pretty amazing information. Now, the word Babylon is, of course, it's an, it's an ancient city. Uh, it was a literal city located on the Euphrates River. Uh, it was started by Nimrod and his wife. Uh, it was a seat of civilization that from the very beginning expressed hostility to God. It would be the, the leadership that decided to build the great tower to heaven to avoid God to make their own way to heaven and the Tower of Babel that God would have to come down and confuse the languages and stop that construction. The word Babylon is the, is mentioned 287 times in the scripture, more than any other city with the exception of Jerusalem. And so uh, Babylon was later the capital of the empire that conquered Judah. And to the Jewish people, Babylon was the very essence of all evil, all evil. So to those familiar with the Old Testament, the name Babylon is associated with idolatry, blasphemy, and the persecution of God's people. In John's day, when he was receiving this revelation of the book uh, from God about this city, uh, it, it it was uh, just the epitome of all the antagonism and opposition to the Christian faith that was being poured out by Rome uh, and the Roman Empire. So. In some ways, the city of Rome was the, maybe the clearest fulfillment of the Babylon attitude, uh, but it was even, it's much more than that, much, much more than that, uh, and we, we will find out as we begin uh, to move through that. Uh, let's just start here in verse 1. Again, uh, the, the Lord gives us a, a word concerning uh, the judgment of the great whore, that sitteth upon the face of many waters. And so uh, that, let's look at that, uh, that 
and I will show you the judgment with whom the kings of the earth committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So uh, right away, I think it's just pretty important that we do uh, that we do look at something here. John, uh, of course, being the incredible, amazing spiritual man that he was and being given all these revelations that he was given and he is now recording in the word of the Lord, uh, when there, there's two view, one view of, uh, of this, what John called a whore, uh, when the world looked at her, they looked at her as a woman dressed in purple and scarlet and saw her as a a very wealthy woman, a powerful woman, a, a glorious woman. But but the Holy Spirit allows John to see the, the true nature of this evil empire and the true nature of this woman. And the world would look at her and the false church saw her as this powerful woman clothed in scarlet and purple. And yet the Holy Spirit allows John to see her true nature and uh, that's important for us in these days when deception is on every hand you know and one of the things that let me just stop and insert this right here because one of the things that the, that the New Testament writers Paul and Peter especially uh, emphasize to us is that we are careful in the last days that we're not deceived he doesn't warn us about Storing up food doesn't warn us about storing up ammunition. Doesn't warn us <clears throat> about uh, going through the great tribulation period. They do warn us, however, about about being deceived uh, with evil or being deceived by world systems. And so, even as John, by the Holy Spirit, was able to see the true nature of this religious system that was so deceptive and seductive that it would pretty much deceive the whole world with the exception uh, of the church. Uh, we today in this day, in this day of uh, perilous times that we live in, uh, we need to ask the Holy Spirit to allow us to look at uh, these things and see the true nature and not be deceived uh, by the news media, not be deceived by uh, the world system, and certainly not be deceived by this antichrist spirit that is so alive and well already here uh, in the earth. And uh, so let's look at this again. So John calls her a great whore or a great harlot and talks about, uh, I'm going to show thee the judgment, the judgment of this great harlot that sitteth on many waters. So the Holy Spirit through uh, one of the seven angels is saying to John, uh, even though this 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 system is powerful, even though this system is is industrious, even though this system controls the political, the economic, and the spiritual part of the world uh, through the Antichrist false church system. I'm going to tell you right now, she's going to be destroyed. I'm going to tell you right now uh, that I have already judged her, and you are going to see the judgment of this great harlot with whom the earth, the kings of the earth have committed fornication and the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So, uh, first of all, this could not be a, a woman, not speaking of a physical, one single 
physical female, it, it is referring to the as, as a woman, but it is referring to this fertile, dominant spirit, this spirit called Jezebel, uh, this spirit that is a false church, antichrist spirit uh, that will take control of the earth uh, and, it's, and it's called a female, uh, and that, that, that this spirit has committed fornication with the kings of the earth, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made to rejoice and as though they were drunk with wine because of her fornication in that she has destroyed uh, and persecuted uh, these true believers and converts during the great tribulation period. And John uh, said, when I saw her, I marveled. I marveled. Let's pick it up here uh, in the third verse. Uh, so he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sit up on a scarlet colored beast full of, the, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots, and the abomination of the earth. And I saw the woman drunken, with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered, I wondered, and I was amazed. And we'll stop right here for just a second and uh, look at this just, just a little bit. Sitting on a scarlet beast, a harlot rides the same beast that is referred to when I talked to you about the Antichrist back in Revelation chapter 13 and his dictatorship, the harlot rides the same beast. That's one with seven heads and ten horns that is talked about in Revelation 13. So her position, that is, of riding the beast indicates on the one hand that she is supported by the political power of the beast and on the other hand that she is, the dominant, is in a dominant role and at least outwardly controls and directs the beast. So her association with blasphemy and the dragon's beast are clearly seen from God's perspective, but to the people of the earth she will look quite religious and have the faith that everybody wants. That's why, that's why it's so dangerous right now. You need to be very, very careful with the, the, the falling away that's taking place uh, among old line denominations and uh, while there will be a great outpouring of the Holy Ghost and the Bible said there will be a mighty revival in these last days, there will also be a great falling away. You need to be very, very careful because this this harlot uh, it, that's riding this beast uh, will look quite religious and will have the faith that that everybody wants, this cheap grace, this, this cheap faith, uh, this inclusive faith that Everybody's going to heaven, nobody's going to hell, and there is no such thing as righteousness or sin anymore, and, and uh, that line has been bl blurred. And, and so, so keep your eyes open as we get closer uh, to the coming of the Lord and, uh, and just stay alert and stay aware uh, of the blessings of God. Now, let's. Uh, the, the, the woman was arrayed. It, she was dressed and clothed with luxury, these emblems, purple. 
and gold and precious stones, uh, scarlet with the cover of government, and, she, and, she, and yet she offers idolatry, abominations, impurity, filthiness. The Bible says filthy fornication, the sickening, impure sexual fornication and sin, uh, and yet she, she cloaks all of that. She cloaks all of this with this purple and gold and precious stones uh, that that looks very rare and costly. Uh, so, and then on her forehead, on her forehead, it is written a name, and of course that name uh, we just read here, quite quite a lengthy name. And let's go back and look at it again. Upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon, the Great. The, the mother of harlots and the abominations of the earth. So uh, in spite of all of her glamour, she's nothing but a prostitute. Uh, the name on her forehead identifies her in more ways than one. And, of course, and if you go back and look up history, Roman prostitutes most often frequently wore a headband with their name engraved upon it. If they were Roman prostitutes wore a headband with their name engraved upon it. And here, in spite of all this glamour and all of this ecclesiastical uh, religious garb and all this speaking and great words and flowering words and preaching and, and all, of this, all of this greatness that looks so powerful, the purple and the gold and the precious stones, really, she's nothing but a prostitute. And there is a stark contrast between the woman of Revelation 12, as we, as we taught, representing Israel, God's people, and this woman representing the idolat idolatrous, false religions of the world. And, and so we see that Mystery Babylon the Great, this title is not just for literal Babylon. Uh, it may include that, but it's spiritual. That is, it's mystery representation, which is the source or the mother of all idolatry and abominations, which is spiritual adultery, which where the where her name harlot comes from. So, so this harlot will be larger than any one branch one branch of a religious institution. She is embodied with satanic power and the religion of the world system, and it will include. Uh, people from many, many, many uh, religious systems, not just uh, Christianity and the false backslidden church that has a form of godliness but denies the power thereof, but it will bring together all the religions of the world will meet under her banner as a one world religion. And uh, strong is going to be, you're going to see this disregard for the truth that's already crippling, crippling the church right now, and that's going to become stronger and stronger and stronger until finally uh, she will persecute and will turn against anyone uh, and th that will not give honor and bow down and worship uh, the Antichrist. And we talked about the mark of the beast already, but but uh, this this harlot, this system, this world system, will be drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. Uh, so uh, she revels in this persecution. She's And, and John was amazed uh, because of this wasn't a typical pagan uh, persecution such as he knew in his day. 
In other words, he, in his day, he understood the pagan persecution of Rome. For example, uh, the persecution against the Apostle Paul, who was finally martyred and beheaded by Nero, the Roman emperor. Uh, John understands that kind of persecution, but this was uh, religious persecution that's coming from, quote, the church. It's a false church, false church, but it, it's a church that still supposedly is a church uh, that is built religiously together, and it, and it looks like a church, it sounds like a church, church it acts like a church, uh, and yet it has a thirst for the blood of the true saints. Uh, Dr. Wildboard uh, uh, said false religion, false religion is always the worst enemy of true religion. So don't forget that some of the most vicious persecutions conducted against the true Christians have been done in the name of the church, like in the days of the Roman Catholic uh, Queen Mary ruled England known as Bloody Mary. Some about 288 Christians were burned at the stake for their stand for Christian truth between 1555 and 1558. And then, uh, of course, the first of these martyrs was a man named John Rogers. Uh, you can look him up, who was chained to a stake and and history says as the fire rose against him up to his legs and shoulders, he rubbed his hands in the flames as if he were washing his hands in cold water. And then he lifted his hands to the heavens, held them high until he was completely consumed by fire. Rogers went to the stake. History said with such calm and dignity that the French ambassador wrote that he went to his death as if he were walking to his wedding. And that his courage was so evident that a huge crowd burst into applause when they saw him walk into the state to the stake and uh, many people were converted to Christianity uh, the great harlot this angel uh, the angel tells John that the harlot will be explained to him he said and the angel said to me why did you marvel I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her which has seven heads and ten horns seven heads and ten horns the focus of the explanation is on the beast. It, it, it appeared that the harlot rode or ruled the Antichrist system. Uh, he is the dynamic factor using her as tyrants have already be, as, have, as tyrants have always used religion as a mere tool to accomplish their purposes. And so the Antichrist is using this woman or this or this or this religious system, this world false church, uh, as a tool to accomplish his purpose. For, for, for if, you don't, if, you, if you remember back uh, several weeks ago, we talked about how that it would be the false church, this religious ruler, this false prophet, uh, this false prophet who would actually encourage all the world to bow down to the Antichrist and to take the mark of the beast. That's amazing. But the, the day will come when the, quote, church on this earth will bow down and have people, encourage people to bow down and take the mark of the beast. Uh, pretty amazing here. And so uh, the beast is carrying, the woman is plainly connected with that same beast that we talked about in, of course, the book of Revelation. Now he said, the beast that you saw was, and it's not, that is, it, it existed and now it doesn't, and it will ascend out of the bottomless pit and go to perdition, that is, to destruction. 
and those who dwell on the earth whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they see the, the beast that was and is not and yet is, uh, we will, and let me just stop right here, uh, and yet is, and, and, and here is the mind which hath wisdom, the seven heads or seven mountains on which the harlot sits. And uh, we'll stop right here in just a moment. A lot of people, of course, quickly associate the seven mountains with Rome and the papacy, and because Rome is well known as the city of seven hills, uh, of course, the little Greek word here means mountains, not hills, but they could be interchanged. But uh, uh, many, many uh, commentators, especially those who see all of Revelation fulfilled in history, regard the, the seven mountains as being uh, connection connected with the literal physical city of Rome uh, and understands that it is connected that way uh, but the but in the Bible mountains are also sometimes a figure of government such as in Daniel 2 uh, and the city of Rome is built on hills not mountains but there is but this city had seven heads and the seven heads are seven mountains uh, and uh, there is some connection of course a lot of people, uh, as you as you've heard me say before, there's a lot of good people in the Roman Catholic Church that have an experience with Jesus Christ and know the Lord. Uh, and and but then there are there are many there are many bizarre doctrines and uh, secrets of the Roman Catholicism uh, that perhaps lend itself to the suggestions that that it could be connected to uh, this world church however uh the this this church this this harlot church we're talking about is much much larger than roman catholicism or any other uh christian church or religion or religion in the world this will be a combination of many many different backgrounds coming together uh, for those who believe that that the pope will be eventually the false prophet then there is some legitimacy I think to that uh, a lot of suggestions is that the current Pope or could be uh, the false prophet uh, if certainly if he is not I think by some of the things he's doing right now he is certainly setting the stage for the next Pope or at least the maybe the next few popes that are coming on uh, to become that false prophet and that leader of this false church but uh, for right now, we need to pray much for for the body of Christ and certainly for uh, the good brothers and sisters that are in the Roman Catholic Church that they would come out and uh, be strong in their faith and put their faith totally in the blood of Jesus Christ and not in all the works of the Roman, of the Roman Catholic Church. Well, we're going to stop right here and we'll pick up next week. Uh, we're about halfway through the 17th chapter. Again, thank you so much for being part of this class. We love and appreciate you. Be blessed, and we will see you next week.